Thanks for tuning in to the Good Morning Mimosas podcast. Want ad-free listening and bonus content? Subscribe to our Patreon or check out our Mimosa Market. Now to the episode. Good morning and welcome to the Good Morning Mimosas podcast. I am your host, Cheryl Bear. Today on the podcast, we have Kat Pinkham, who's the current reigning National Slick Ambassador, Miss Mrs. Two, 20, or excuse me, 2021. Um, super excited for this episode today. You know, one of the, the great things about this podcast is I get to meet so many different people from so many different backgrounds, and it has been one of the most enlightening and educational experiences I have ever had. And I'm looking forward to this episode because it's something I genuinely, you know, I, I don't know anything about, you know, I talked to uh cat uh, previously when we were talking about this episode, but apart from literally the movie with Sandra Bullock on Miss Congeniality, like I have no baseline to go off of. And I feel like some of Moses out there are probably in the same boat. So super excited to have Cat with us today. I'm going to start with our inspirational quote, which is from Babe Ruth, which is never let the fear of striking out keep you from playing the game. Good morning, Cat. Thanks for joining me. Good morning, Cheryl. Thank you for having me. So go ahead and um, tell the mimosas a little bit about your background in history here. So I'm 34, married with two kittens. So they're not kittens, they're cats are fully grown, but those are my babies. I'm a complete and total Diz nerd. That's why their names are Tinkerbell and Periwinkle. That is awesome. I'm, I'm sure Mimosas could hear my my cat um, on here who doesn't have as cute of a name. She's just cat, but um, probably heard her bell here in the background. So how did you get started with pageants or the pageant scene? Did you, is it something you always, like you came from a family that was into pageants or kind of tell us, you know, how you kind of got interested and what your journey's been? So when I was little, I was fascinated with princesses. Like it was, it was my thing. Like it was my jam, Cinderella, Belle, Ariel, all of it. Uh, I was abused as a child. So being able to dive under the water with Ariel and painting the colors of the wind with Pocahontas and saving 101 Dalmatians from the evil Corella Deville was just, was the highlight of, of my childhood because I was able to get away from the abuse from my biological father. I met Miss Maine when it was either 1995 or 1996. And I got to try on her crown and sash. And from that moment, I thought she was a real life princess. Uh, I'm not sh- quite sure what my six or seven year old brain was thinking because I knew this wasn't like a princess, but like my brain was like, oh my gosh, that's a princess. Um, <laughs> so for me, it was that moment of, oh my gosh, a princess like actually talked to me. Uh, but going back to my love of Disney, I was able to correlate both of those as I got older with princesses and Disney. And just, I grew up wanting to do pageants, but I never had the, the nerve. 
I'm a plus size girl. I'm a size 24 street. I am a size 30 designer. So for me, never thought in a million years that I could do pageants. Uh, my friend walked in at my 30th birthday party because unfortunately my birthday fell on her pageant day, walked in with her title. And I was like, huh, okay, I have to do this. I have to dive. I had always wanted to do this. So just give it everything you've got. And from that moment, I didn't tiptoe in. I just dove into the deep end and I was either sink or swim. And I've never looked back. Talking about the impact, I guess, from your childhood and meeting Mrs. Maine, I have not actually met, apart from you, I haven't met <laughs> um, someone who's like a reigning, you know, uh, pageant winner or um, someone with a title. I have met Disney princesses in uh, the Disney parks, but I mean, even as an adult, you're just like, whoa, like you just have it going on. You know, they just seem so collected <laughs> and so put together. Is it the overall vibe that really stuck with you of them, you know, just having that sense of put together and purpose, or was it kind of still just the more glitz and glam, like superficial at that point? Um, and then when you saw your friend later on it, like reinforced it that like, Hey, this is a real pathway and it's something that people do. And, you know, um, is a really empowering thing as an adult. I actually didn't understand what a pageant queen actually does until I got into it. When I first started, I will be brutally honest, I was in it for the crown and sash. I wanted the, the pretty crown, the blingy sash on my chest. So that way everyone, you know, would be like, ooh, and ah, and wave and clap for me. But it wasn't that. I had to pick a platform. I had to pick a purpose for it. Like I dove in and realized it's not superficial. It's not what everybody thinks. It's not as much as I love this congeniality. It's not all about how pretty you are. It's about what you bring to the table. And I jumped into my very first pageant. Unfortunately, it was a very bad fit for me because my personal things that I have lined up for what I want for my life didn't match with the pageant. So I, my very first go at it was a was a trying time, unfortunately, but then I found USA Ambassador through the director, Ms. Barbara, and I realized that I had a way to be able to make a real difference in the world. That once I got into it, I was like, oh, this isn't about a crown and a sash. Yes, I do get the accolades. I do get the, oh, princess, princess, when I'm in the parades. But for me, it was, once I realized what pageantry was really all about, it was down home, right straight to the core. I've always been somebody that loves to volunteer. And that is the base of what pageantry actually is. I would love to dive a little bit deeper into this. So um, talking to someone who I will say, I, I would classify myself as ignorant when it comes to this. So breaking it down for my level here, mm -hmm. could you first talk about, you know, I know you said that your first pageant wasn't really the one that aligned with, you know, what you wanted, what you were striving for and kind of what was going on in your life. Could you talk about what the different types of pageants are? Like what are the varieties or, or what makes them different? So the girl who goes after Miss America, we'll start with her. This is a scholarship pageant because uh, they're state title holders. They get and they're little, they're little teeny tiny, like 
prelim titles, which are the ones that are able to go up for the state title, they get scholarships. Yes, it is about the community service work and being a, a role model in, in your community, but for them, a lot of them are in it for the scholarship so that way they can pay off for college. Miss America does a lot of good things and she has her own platform and life journey that she promotes throughout her entire year. Uh, but nine times out of 10, it's normally scholarship driven. Miss USA, uh, Miss USA, Miss Universe, though that's more of a higher profile pageant where it's modeling and making a difference. Uh, for my pageant, we are a community service-based pageant. Community service is at the very core of USA Ambassador. So that's just a that's just the tip of the iceberg on some of the some of the things that different pageants do. And I've never competed in Miss USA or Miss America. Wanted to, but I aged myself out and I got married, so I was out that way too. So I can't really speak on what their pageant does, but those are the things that on the outside that you can see, and it's very clear across the board that some of those things are exactly what that pageant's about. So talking about, you know, making an impact on your community and especially the pageant that you work on, you know, you talked about discovering or connecting with your platform and what you're passionate um, about. If you could talk to our mimosas about what that process was for you, what you're passionate about and what you kind of, you know, use your platform and, and what you do in the community and then what other people in the pageant, so what are some other um, platforms that they have or some other community um, groups or, you know, ways to impact that, you know, they kind of bring to the stage, so to speak. Yeah. So um, that's a two-part question. So let me answer everybody else's first. So that way I don't forget that question on you. So my friend Teal, who is the current reigning Mrs. Rhode Island USA Ambassador 2022, she has a mask project with COVID and everything of what's going on. Her project is making masks and sending them out to every, everywhere that she possibly can. She sent them internationally. I don't know exactly where, but she sent them here to me in Maine and I dropped them off to the children's home for little wanderers. Uh, she sent them to Texas to the state pageant. She just tries to be good and helpful in her community. My little Miss Maine teen, Aurora, she's all about impacting other people, uh, regardless of, it doesn't matter who you are. It's, she just wants to impact people in a positive way because she has been bullied. There's bullying, cancer, military. There was one girl that I know, she does voting rights for, for teens who are just turning 18 and figuring out how to get 18-year-olds into the voting booth. So there are many different things and there's no one, one right way or wrong to have a platform. So, and that's a beautiful part about pageantry. It's as unique as we each girl is, we all bring our own uniqueness to our platforms. So for me, my platform is 22 a day, which is the number of veterans we lose to suicide every single day. I had a gentleman in my life that came in about two years after my dad died. Um, I was struggling very badly with my mental health. I, a lot of people don't know this, but I have PTSD, anxiety, and suicidal tendencies because of my depression. 
I also didn't know what mental health was when I was younger going through all of this. So I was spiraling very hardcore downwards. And it wasn't until Charlie came into my life and picked, literally picked me up out of what he called the trenches that I realized what was going on with me. And I've always been very patriotic. Like I am, my grandfather served in Korea. Another grandfather served in like Vietnam. I World War II, so we are very patriotic in this family. So when I was with Charlie, I was always at the VA with him at his appointments, taking care of things, working with him on the Veterans Family Council. So it kind of just stuck with me, like from that moment. Um, unfortunately, I did end up losing Charlie. It's not an official, hey, he died by because of 22 a day, but he did have suicidal tendencies. That's why I work with 22 a day, just so that way his, his death isn't a loss and it isn't a number if it was official, because I'll, I'll never, unfortunately, never get to know the real answer. I have lost another veteran recently to 22 a day, so it does drive my platform a little bit harder because I was working with that veteran. But for me, when I got into it, I was like, okay, if I'm going to dive into pageantry, I need a platform, a life's mission that's going to put a fire in my belly. I want to make sure that if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it and I want to do it right. I went to a uh, suicide prevention walk in Bangor, Maine and with my friend who had just won her title. And it was like, I just need something. Something just needs to like hit me, bam, like lightning. And I walked in and there was Project Silhouette and there are 22 cutouts of service members that we've lost to suicide out of wood and it's spray painted black and there's I don't remember much about the project because it's been five years since the last time I've seen it but it just made such an impact in talking to the person about why they were there and what it was it was just bringing awareness to the 22 veterans we lose a suicide every day I walked back to my husband with tears streaming down my face I was like if I'm gonna do this this is my platform I actually want to make a difference and I feel like I can make a difference in the veteran community and literally May 2018 to now, it just, it's taken off. I will say as, you know, an active duty military spouse over here, I, you know, um, mimosas, this is your first time talking to Kat, but, um, you know, one of my friends who's also a guest speaker on this podcast referred you to me and I'm so yeah. glad he did because, you know, people don't realize, um, or I guess everyday Americans don't realize that 1% of Americans serve in the armed forces, which yeah. means their impact for like someone who is directly related or impacted by an active duty service member is about five to 7%. So there's 93% of America that doesn't have the immediate direct connection to the military that everyone had, you know, during World War II and, and things like that, when literally everyone was in the service. So I think it's so important that you chose your platform to be 22 a day because you don't know what you don't know. But one of the things that I'm, I am passionate about as well is really bridging that military and civilian divide. Because just like me, I, I'm stoked about this episode and, and hearing behind the scene details of pageants and what they really are and what they contribute and, and their purpose and their why, because I don't know. 
but just mm-hmm. like I am ignorant of pageants, there's 93% of Americans that are ignorant to what, you know, military service is, what it is, what it isn't. A lot of people only know maybe what they see in like a clip on the news somewhere um, mm-hmm. instead of what it actually is. So I think it's so important to, you know, kind of bridge that gap because, you know, we all have so many more similarities than we have differences. And it's so important to, you know, really think of our people who are are doing stuff behind the scenes all day, every day. So people like me and, you know, we can have the freedoms that, that we do and, you know, can live the lifestyle that we want here. So, um, I, I think that's absolutely fantastic on the point of platform as well. Stars for our troops. Would you mind talking to everyone a little bit about that? Yes. So that is something that I do outside of everything else that I do. If you hit my Instagram, you will see everything that this girl does. But Stars for Our Troops is an organization. It's a, it's a nonprofit. We take American flags. Now, hold on, mimosas, because some of you are going to clutch your pearls here. I take American flags that are no longer able to be flown. They're torn, faded. Um, they fell on the ground or they, you know, like quickly touch the ground, like other things past that. Like it's been laying on the ground. It's, it's wet. It's muddy. It's nasty. I take the flag and I wash it from there. I, I line dry it and hang it up and retire the flag respectfully. Now here's your pearl clutching part. I actually cut the stars out of the flag. Now there's nothing in the code that says that I can't. Um, Some people have their feelings about that and I understand and I appreciate those. But I take the stars and I put them in a little plastic baggie, the little teeny tiny ones that like beads come in. And I have a little slip that goes inside of it that says uh, something to the fact of it's been torn, faded. It's no longer able to be flown. And I present the stars to our veterans as a special way of thanking them for their service to our country. I literally just got done with, with honor flight three weeks ago. And I had some World War II veterans get a star for me because they get their comp card and their star and a welcome home for me. And some of them are crying because it was a gesture of, of thankfulness and dedication because the very first time I ever cut into a flag, I was, I was sitting there crying with my mom. I'm like, this is so morbid. I can't be doing this. I was taught to do something different. But the very first time I gave a veteran a star, it completely changed. It's like, give me all the flags so that way I can make all the stars and I can give them to every veteran. And I am allowed to give them to first responders as well and active duty military, as long as they have graduated from boot camp. I think that's awesome. You know, there's an organization that I volunteer with and, you know, you talk about, you know, handing and and the impact that it can have on someone. And you never quite realize when you're, when you start volunteering, there's this phrase that I learned years ago in North Carolina and it's called Volanesia. And it's like, and it's, um, I'm trying to remember the exact quote, but it's when you volunteer to change other lives, but in fact, they're changing yours. And 
it's something that really hit me when something, you know, not necessarily with the stars, but we had like, you know, little goodie bag packs and we, you know, handed them off to service members that were stepping off for a deployment. And some of them lit up and like, you, we were the last ones they saw as they stepped onto the bus and, um, only one standing there at 3am, like waving to them. And you just see how much it means. And like, you can't help, but start tearing up and like, you just want to do more and more, you know, because you're truly making such a huge difference. And I have to ask, do you find that a lot of people have a tendency to either start in pageants and then kind of branch out and do more and more volunteering because of it? Or do you find people who like to volunteer who then learn and want to do pageants? Cause I feel like they could almost like be connected. So a lot of pageant girls have, like I said, their platform. Um, it's kind of a mixed bag. Some girls do pageantry for scholarships. Some do it for the impact. So what every girl does with, with their, with their title, because you are only able to be that title for one time. My friend was Miss Red Rose City for the Miss America pageant. And she works with mental health and teaching people it's okay not to be okay. So her impact is what she makes it. And she comes from a place where she wants to let people know and reach people in a deep and meaning, meaningful way that it's okay not to be okay with your mental health. So for her, it's getting out there and making an impact with her platform and reaching people. For me, it's about being down in the nitty gritty, literally scrubbing my American Legion on my hands and knees, the baseboards, because it's filthy. And we can't have that because our veterans come in here and veterans families. So it's a mixed bag. It's like a mixing Skittles and M&Ms together. It's just, you never know what you're going to get. For me personally, it was, I dove in and it's, (laughs) they say the love bug right comes up and bites you. It was like the pageant volunteer bug just bit me and I, I don't stop. (laughs) And talking about community service, I think I read a statistic where you did over uh, 515 hours of community service in 11 months. Is that true? Has the number increased? Where are you at? (laughs) So uh, that is currently what I have under my national title. I actually have about 1600 hours worth of volunteer work since 2018, which is a lot. This will be my third year uh, taking gold presidential service award with the USA ambassador pageant. So I call it my turkey year. Um, <laughs> oh. three, three strikes is a turkey in, in bowling. It's been amazing. I've made such an impact and that's only 11 months. Like I still have like 40 days left with my title. So explain to us how the title works. Like you get it, you have it, I believe you said for a year. And then what's kind of the next steps? Do you just lose the title? Do you always have the title, but just for that year, where are you off to next? So with the Slick Ambassador title, I had to do a couple of things. I had to do a 90 second interview on why I should be the next Slick Ambassador. I had to do a scrapbook about all of the volunteer work and the things that I've done. 
I had to make a donation to the Slick Foundation that's underneath my pageant. And then it was my evening gown score. I actually had to compete on stage in evening gown for that piece to be put into the score. From there, they factor in all of the different things. It gets judged. And then we crown the girls on, on Slick Night. It was a surreal feeling of having your Slick Ambassador is Cat Pinkham. Uh, I threw my, hand, my face into my hands. I couldn't believe it. Uh, Maureen, our Mrs. Florida for 2021, was hugging me. And I remember Sarah and Danny beside me going, Maureen, let her go. She has to go get crowned. But in that moment, I think Maureen was the only reason why I was standing up at that exact second. But insider tip, your girl was barefoot when she got crowned because I kicked <laughs> my shoes off in front of Miss Kristen's dad, Mr. Scott, and I hit the wheelchair ramp and it made a big thunk. So I distinctly remember I was not wearing heels because I was scared to go near them to make more noise. But hugging um, Sean, who I am her successor, um, and that's what we call the next girl that takes the crown, was very surreal. From that moment on, I literally hit the ground running. July 28th, I will crown the next girl. Um, I'm hoping that it's my friend, but I, any girl that takes this title is going to have a fantastic year. It's just, you can make such an impact, like a real impact with any pageant title, but I feel like this one, like I made such an impact with it that any girl going forward can really make an impact. Now, yes, you only do get the national current reigning title for a year I do keep my crown and my sash I do keep that for an entire uh I keep that for the rest of my life I cannot wear my crown past the time that I crown my successor I can take the pictures with her on stage and all that all that all that but as soon as my time is done I have to retire the crown now as long as my year is at the bottom of the sash I can wear it again to pageants for USA Ambassador because I wouldn't be displaying myself as the current reigning title holder. So it would be like, oh yeah, Kat was our 2021. And it would be clearly on my sash. And I cannot represent USA Ambassador past that point as the National Slick Ambassador because I'm not the current reigning. But I will always be a former Slick Ambassador with them. And I will always forever be a national queen, kind of like Catriona for Miss Universe. She is, she will always be Miss Universe 2018 because that was her title. So for me, I will always be the national slick ambassador, Ms. Mrs. 2021. I love the breakdown of that because that provides so much clarity for me, like sitting here and, and thinking how the process actually works with, you know, the one before you and then you stepping up and then, um, passing it off at the end of July. So question, if it's okay with you, I love that you gave us the behind the scene details of you not wearing shoes. Do you mind if we take a few minutes where I can just pick your brain on like, again, just the ignorant, like behind the scene questions that I'm like kind of dying to know about. Give them to me. So first, and this one's like a, a bit deep, and then I guess we'll go to lighter ones. Would you say from the idea of, I think I want to do this 
to the present day cat, you have had a huge change and shift and growth or have you from the gate had like poise and confidence and like a queen mentality, so to speak, to just carry yourself on? I wish, I wish I could say it was the second one, but it's, it's not. I grew up mucking stalls and feeding bunnies and trying not to get pecked by the chickens as a kid. So jeans and t-shirt are my go-to. Even at work, my boss would be like, jeans and t-shirt again. It's like, shh, I work in fashion. (laughs) That's just my everyday style. I really wish that I had always been this confident, but I wasn't. I couldn't walk in heels when I started pageantry. I had these like little like inch and a half kitten heels that I'd only put them on like right the second before I'd go on stage and take them off immediately before I like got done walking down the stairs because I was scared to death to break my ankle. Now I'm wearing four inch Mark Defangs with a one inch platform lift in the front. So I've changed and evolved, but it's always been inside of me. I just needed to be able to let it out. I just, I needed to have the confidence and pageantry did give me that confidence because I was able to be coached and talked to and just feel like, you know, my pageant kind of like pulled the best version of myself that I wanted to be out of me because it was a safe space for me. So behind the scenes, so the coaching, you said you had amazing coaches that helped, you know, kind of pull your best parts out. I have to ask, how are the other contestants or like people, the other girls in the pageant? Is it, are they all like down to earth? Like the, the people in that you hear and doing interviews, are they like cool and down to earth behind the scenes? Is it a little more like cat fighty? Um, I like, no, like not like signaling you out because your name's Kat, but like, you know, is it, is it like, you know, this, a scene from Mean Girls behind the scenes, or is it actually like more of a sisterhood and like really positive and cheering each other on? With me, I've always found that it is about the sisterhood. USA Ambassador is very, very about what we call our fam ambassadors. It's family and ambassador kind of mixed together. It is a sisterhood. Nine times out of 10, you're going to find that it's, it's clearly about the sisterhood. Uh, if you look back at the current reigning Miss USA, there was, I believe it was her where she took her title and there are people like screeching in the back. And it's like, if those are not your friends, then you need new friends. There was, there was a meme going around. There was another girl, I think it was Miss World and the girl beside her. I remember at Claire's day, she's like screeching at the top of her lungs. I told you, you could do this and cheering each other on going forward. Yes, I am going after the next title. Um, if I, if I take it, I know that I'm going to have a sisterhood behind me. Uh, that's going to cheer me on and, and like screech to the skies. But if I don't take it, I'm still going to cheer on the next girl because it just wasn't my year or my time or the judges didn't feel like I was that fit. So regardless, if I take that title, the next girl is going to get all of my support. Just like everybody's giving me their support with the slick ambassador. Once in a great while, you'll find the cattiness, but it's not anywhere near mean girls. <laughs> um, <laughs> like in Miss Congeniality, you'll find the girl who's hardcore dieting 
and then you'll Sandra Bullock you know she's drinking beer and pizza and it's it's like a bag of M&Ms it's just depends on what you pull out if someone was interested what are some tips that you would recommend someone who's like maybe one day I might be able to do this. Do you like, do you have tips that you would give them, um, to kind of push them into like just going for it or maybe some tips that your present day self would tell your younger self? Ooh. Oh my gosh. Do we have an hour? Because the tips, (laughs) there's so many tips. If I was able to tell younger self me anything about getting into their that like, you're going to be able to walk in the heels. You're going to find an evening gown that you fall in love with. And you're going to want to wear to everything, regardless if it's just taking the trash out to the dumpster. Uh, you will find that moment. But I think the biggest thing that I would tell younger me is for the love of God, girl, get a coach because you cannot do this alone. You are a diamond in the rough and you just need to be polished up a little bit because you come off as abrasive. Uh, insider tip I can be a little blunt I'm working on that (laughs) Um, but for any girl that wants to get into it I would suggest finding a fair pageant kind of like a one and done Uh, what you see on toddlers and tiaras isn't like what you get in the in the big pageant you will get some of those people yes but ignore the drama and stay in your own bubble and let them do them. So when you get in there, just be you, be confident, be real, be authentic. Nobody likes a pageant patty. And pageant patty is somebody who gives the perfect answer and says what the judges exactly what they think they're going to want to hear. And she's got no authenticity to her. So do not list, do not lose your authenticity and do not become a pageant patty and start small. Do not do what I did and just jump into a pageant that takes you to nationals because you at least want a year under your belt. So that way you can, you can figure out where the rocks are in the water. So that way, when you're walking and you're trying your heels, you're not stumbling over them. I'm, I'm smiling over here. Cause as you were describing the pageant, Patty, not, I, again, I have never been in a pageant, but I'm thinking of like work situations where there's like almost like the showman that like mm-hmm. shows up just to perform and, and be a pageant patty in the office. Um, and I never would have thought of that, but now I have that. So later on in life when I'm in, you know, work meetings and that pops up, I will like think back on this and smile and be like, I see this. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I have had four knee surgeries and I do not wear heels. Um, I wear them generally, uh, for if I have a job interview and mm-hmm. once a year for the Marine Corps ball, those are the two occasions in life that I bust the bad boys out. And even then I have a pair of flats stashed in my purse or on my person somewhere, which I know is more just cause I'm not so worried about my ankles. My ankles are pretty pretty sturdy, but mine is more my knees that it, that it kind of, uh, freaks me out and makes me nervous. But for some of our mimosas who either maybe not necessarily for like medical reasons, but aren't comfortable with heels, I've got to ask, like, what's your advice? Like, how do you, how do you start 
dipping into those waters and actually are graceful. Cause at times, I mean, my husband, normally when we walk his sole job in life, I'm like, yes, you're in dress blues, but your real purpose is to make sure I don't fall over and fall down here. Um, cause I sometimes come across as like Bambi on ice. So what are your tips to get into wearing heels and have grace while doing it? That <laughs> I understand. We call that Jessie Ledoux, who is a former Miss International. She's with Pageant Planet. Uh, she calls that giraffe legs, baby giraffe legs, um, where you're like very stiff and like your knees are kind of locked in position and you're shaky. Yeah. Uh, if your heels give you that mimosas, please do not do not wear those. Baby giraffe legs are not beautiful. I suggest a small kitten heel and it's like an inch tall so basically it's like barely there but your feet will hurt at the end of the day but it's barely there and it's a heel for the girls who are plus size like me or like you that have a medical reason I suggest chunk heels um I wear Mark Defangs I do know how to pronounce it I think it's the Giovanna um she's a four inch heel with a one inch platform but the heel of it is as thick as a like half dollar coin. So she's pretty big. And when I step on my heels, I know that that's going to be there and it's not going to break. It's not going to fall. I'm not slipping on them. Like they are there. So if you are getting into heels, you're going to want to start with a chunk heel. That's what I call them because it's going to give you the most stability. Now, yes, I have gone down where I've gotten comfortable into almost a lot but they're not quite, but it's pretty close. They're really pretty. It's the only reason why I bought them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think we all have a pair. I was going to say, I think we all have a pair of shoe like that. Like they're just so pretty. You have to have them. Make sure you have a heel that you're comfortable with. And then when you step, you know that it's there. Just because it's stiletto and it's pretty does not mean it's functional. So the scenario is you are in a gown of some time, whether it's at a ball, at a work function, at a fancy thing, and you have to speak with confidence, whether it's to a coworker, a spouse's, you know, work function, um, your experience having to speak on pageants. Do you have any tips for other women who like, cause you know, when I put fancy dresses on, I sweat profusely and I'm nervous because of my shoes, but do you have any tips for when you're in that situation to still be able to exude confidence, um, and like a sense of maybe cool or calm while talking and engaging with others? Well, fun fact, I carry a little hand fan with me when I'm at pageants because I sweat to death in my ball gowns. It's just because your heart is racing. So like your temperature goes up and you sweat a little more. You're, if you get on there, you heard me during this. I've stumbled over my words. I'm a little sweaty because it's just, you're going to have nerves no matter what you do. Um, I've slurred, I've stuttered, and I've had to like stop myself and restart. It's okay to do that while you're publicly speaking. Not everybody is perfect. And a lot of people understand that. So as long as what you're talking about, you know, that is the biggest tip I can give you when you are talking about something, 
know what you're talking about. Don't try to talk about something on the fly. I was emceeing the lighted boat parade for Booth Bay Harbor uh, this past Christmas. And I was having issues because I didn't know the script because I just got thrown in front of the camera and I was stumbling over my words. But when I was talking for the lighted fire truck parade uh, two weeks before, I knew what was going on. I knew how to speak. So I came off more clear. So just know what you're going to be talking about and just be like, I got my talking points. This is what I'm going to talk about. And that's it. And if I screw up, if I stutter, swear my words, stumble over them, just say, just clear your throat, say, excuse me and keep going. I know our time is starting to come to an end here. Mm -hmm. Um, It's flown by, but do you have um, any last minute words you'd like to share with our mimosa before we wrap up today's episode? There are a gazillion things in life that you can do to make a difference, regardless of what your passion in life is. Rather, it's veterans, cancer, mental health, bullying, being just the good in the world. Don't think that what you bring is lackluster or it doesn't make a difference because if everybody thought that way, there wouldn't be people like me out there doing things like we can actually make a difference. So if you want to make a difference, make a difference. And if you're going to volunteer for any organization, find one that speaks to you. So that way, when you go and volunteer, it fills your heart because that's like one of the best things to fill your bucket in life is to volunteer with a purpose. And anybody can do pageants. You just got to have a little teeny tiny bit of faith. Kat, I think that's such wonderful advice. And thank you for sharing your passions with us today and your knowledge. Again, the pageant world is something I was totally ignorant of before I met you, but I'm so glad that I did. And I love the confident woman that you have grown into that I got to meet today because, you know, I think maybe your past self wouldn't even have accepted like, Hey, coming on here and guest speaking. Um, so I'm so glad we've had this opportunity to share your experience and your passions with our mimosa community. And like she said, mimosas find what you care about, find your passions and hit the ground running in your community because it will and does make a difference sometimes so much more than, you know, and circling back to our quote of the day, which is from babe, Ruth, never let the fear of striking out, keep you from playing the game until the next episode, please leave us some feedback on whatever platform you may be listening to this podcast on as well as follow us on Instagram at good morning mimosas of a course, send us an email at good morning at gmail.com. You literally never know who needs this mimosa community. So please consider sharing this with friends and family or anyone else who could use a spark of joy. Stay safe, stay healthy, and please keep sharing those sparks of joy. Cheers, mimosas. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. Cheers, mimosas.